Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to have you with us today, friends. Um, I've got a very wonderful guest with me today, uh, all the way from way over in Rhode Island, Westerly Rhode Island, Desiree Taylor. Desiree, it's good to have you on the podcast today. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Well, and, and it's a joy to finally get to, to work this out. We've connected on LinkedIn and we've chatted some, but finally, finally we've been able to work it out to where our schedules allowed us to be able to have this Zoom meeting and to have this uh, time for you to share here on the podcast. For those of you who don't know Desiree Taylor, she is um, married. She's been married for 25 years to her husband, Dwayne. Congratulations on 25 years. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, and we talked about this off the, before the podcast, and that is there's not many people that in these days it hit 25 years. So I know it's a lot of grace, grit, a lot of hard work, but congratulations to both you and Dwayne. Thank you so much. She has two grown children, Kyle and David, and uh, she is a writer. In fact, right now, she's in the process of, of writing a book, and I may ask her to talk a little bit more about that toward the end of the podcast. She is a blogger at what a ministry called A Renewed Creation, and it's just a joy, Desiree, to have you here on the podcast. Is before we begin, I just want to I want to ask you something. I didn't prepare you for this, so get ready. Are you ready? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> what is one little known fact about you that that maybe nobody? For instance, maybe you played uh, maybe you played trombone in high school or something. But what's a little known fact about you, like a hobby or something you did uh, that's kind of a, a unique tidbit information about who you are? Well, I used to play the piano when I was younger, and um, because of my hearing loss, I stopped it because I couldn't hear mm -hmm. the music so well. So I have started it again, but I haven't played for anybody yet. So I am working on doing that again and surprising the people. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. And I know you're going to talk today as you share your testimony about the hearing loss and how that's part of your story. So we want to dive into your story today. And we want to kind of begin with going back to the days of your childhood. So tell us a little bit about what was life like for Desiree growing up? Well, um, I did have my mom and my dad there. My dad was not a believer. My mom um, brought us to church. I had one sister that lived with me, and I had um, an older stepsister who was 15 years older than me that um, had a really... Um, stressful life situation going on. So 
there's a lot of um, dysfunction going on in the household a lot of the time. And, um, but my mom took us to church and I'm thankful for that. My relationship with my mom has been very stressful because my mom has uh, the deafness. Mm, So um, it was frustrating to her that she had passed it on to me, I think a little bit. So um, that relationship was very stressful. Uh, My dad worked a lot and, uh, uh, but uh, my mom took us to church. So that gave me a chance to to have some exposure to God's word and to, to start learning who he was. Um, so it was just, it was a very dysfunctional place. Mm. It sounds like there's, there was a lot of pain and disconnection growing up. So you, did you learn sign language early on? How were you able to communicate with your mother? Because she goes back to an era when there wasn't much that could be done for people who had lost their hearing. Mm-hmm. No, it was very um, stressful. She didn't have a lot of tools like I do now. So it was um, hard, but I did, we did go and learn sign language together. My sister too, my sister and I, and my mom went and took uh, sign language classes together. Okay. So right. I used signed a lot and she did read lit some. So. And what was your relationship like with other siblings? Did, did you have other siblings as well? No, just my sister just and I, sister, my yeah. older okay. sister. Right. Yeah, the older sister, it was very um, challenging because mm-hmm. she wasn't there all the time. So, um, and when she was around, it brought a lot of stress and turmoil. And mm-hmm. um, with my younger sister, it was kind of a love hate thing. You know, we were mm-hmm. good and then we hit teenage years. And then, you know, as sisters do, there was some stress there. Right. But, um, but we were a lot closer than. Um, my my older sister. So, and with your relationship with your dad, he was, you say he worked a lot, he was gone a lot. So what was that relationship like with your dad? Was it closeness or was it more just, he was, he was there, but he wasn't there. Yeah. He was a little closer to my older sister. I didn't have a lot of common thing, you know, things in common with him. So uh, there wasn't a lot of place. There weren't a lot of places to connect with him. And um, with my hearing, he didn't, he just really did not know how to connect with me very well. Mm-hmm. So he was a lot closer to my sister because she was into the sports that he liked and all those other things. So I was kind of, and kind of felt like the black sheep in my family mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. That's a painful, that's a painful way to feel, isn't it? To feel yes. like you're kind of the outcast, the black sheep of the family. And that really does affect us even as we move in, as we get older, doesn't it? Because we don't yeah. shed that feeling quickly or easily, do we? No. no. And we take it into a lot of other places. Yeah. Even into our relationship with God sometimes. We take yes. that. So speaking of your relationship with God, one of the things that, that we talked about and one of the reasons I brought you to the podcast today was because I wanted you to also share your journey with Jesus Christ. And so talk about your early beginnings of faith in Christ and and some of that journey, what that's been like for you across the years. Mm. Well, um, when I was in elementary school, I, I went to school with a lot of Catholic friends. I was attending a Baptist church. So it was an interesting dynamic because I was seeing what I was hearing, you know, at church. And I was watching the people in the Baptist church. Um, and then I had my Catholic friends, you know, and there was just, there were some differences there Absolutely. in, in right. the relationship. 
uh, and who Jesus was and who God was. And it kind of, it really, but it was good for me in a way because it caused me to want to really know who he was. And um, so that started my journey. And then when I was about 10, I received Christ and I was baptized. But, and I, I think that at that point, I, I did, I loved Jesus. I was thrilled that there was somebody who loved me the way he did. And I was beginning to um, get to know him and understand him. And um, so that part was, was good. And then as I started moving forward and getting to know him, I, I was struggling because as I got into preteen and teenage years, uh, with my hearing loss, I had social trouble anyway. You know, a lot of the kids were making fun of me. Nobody really stood up for me. So that, that constant voice that I'm not good enough, I'm not worth protecting, which I received from a lot of different places in my life, just kept hitting me. Um, and I was struggling because I felt very alone. There was, you know, I'd see all these people, you know, they've got all their friends, they got boyfriends, they got this and that. And I was here alone, but yet he's telling me, his word says I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And I I came to a place where I was just very lonely Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand. It was very contradictory to me and I was angry at him. Mm -hmm. And for leaving me there, I was praying and studying his word and I just Mm -hmm. didn't feel any connection fully. So I, I decided to walk away for a while. And um, I entered a season where I was doing a lot of things for, to get approval, mm-hmm. to receive, you know, I wanted people to like me and people pleasing has been an aspect for me that has just held me bondage for a while. So I want to pause there went, just for a moment. Cause you just said something that I want to just you to comment on a little bit more people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a number of people out there, including myself, who that's, that's a huge issue for us. Uh, Especially when we crave love and acceptance and we want to be loved and accepted. And so uh, talk, can you talk just a little bit more about you, you think where the roots of that came from? Was it because you just never felt like you fit in or accepted at home or at school or kind of what, what was going on that you think really set you up for this? Um, and it came from multiple places. I love this conversation because I am actually just starting a blog series on this mm-hmm. because um, God is revealing the roots to me. Um, and I believe it started with my relationship with my father, mm-hmm. you know, um, I didn't like the things he liked, you know, he, there was no common ground. So I was constantly trying to get his attention in mm-hmm. some way. And it always seemed to be, you know, his attention would always go somewhere else. Um, it was like that in school, you know, I tried to make friends. Um, I had my limitations, but if there was a constant rejection whenever I tried to make connections or whenever I tried to make friendships or Mm -hmm. um, I was always rejected. And I think that that turned into when I'm, it makes you want to do things more to try to please. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, because I came out of a legalistic environment, you know, it's all about performing. 
And what you do and what you do is what makes God happy with you. You know, that was kind of the message. And so not only did I have it in other places, but then I was trying to do it for the Lord. And here I am feeling alone. I'm feeling like once again, you know, I'm, I'm here putting this effort in, in this relationship Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling rejected. So it, it really kind of caused me to push out more to do more of that. That makes sense. Thank you for sharing that, Desiree. I think that's so important, understanding what the roots of, of all of this and, and why why we're wired the way we are. And much of it has to do with our family of origin and things that happened there. But I want to move ahead in your story, but before I do, I want to ask this question. Have you had time to look back and say, if only this had happened, maybe maybe I wouldn't have gone into this season in my life. Maybe if I'd have had a mentor or some mm-hmm. woman, Christian lady, take me under wing. If I'd have had, have you been able to process that or ever think about maybe if this one dynamic had been there, maybe it would have changed everything for me? Yes, and that's exactly the dynamic that I've come to. Like if having a mentor there, and it's pushed me into the ministry that I have at the church that I attend to. I um, I come around young adult girls. Um, I walk with them. I mentor them. I That's disciple beautiful. them mm-hmm. because I feel like if someone had been there to, to say to me, you're not in this alone, I'll walk with you. Things would have been a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about that often. And because of that, that's what I want to be for other girls. Mm-hmm. So God's using it, you know, for me to be able to minister to someone else and hopefully be mm-hmm. um, to fill that gap. Which is all that. part of how God redeems our story, even the hurt mm-hmm. and the bad stuff. Because mm-hmm. had that not happened, you would not have the motivation you have today to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to your story. This is this is good stuff. Thank you, Desiree. This is great what you're sharing. So let's go into that season of your life where you decided to just kind of walk away from it all. What was that like? It was, well, it was about a year and a half, maybe two years. And um, I just got into, you know, people pleasing in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. It was um, anything from, you know, the drinking to the sexual stuff. And um, eventually I ended up pregnant. So, um, and then that was a whole dilemma in itself. I had a lot of people speaking into me um, about what I should do. And I, I just care about life and people too much. Um, but I believe that God used that too, because I didn't like myself. I had gotten to the point where I just hated myself, probably. I was not happy with where I was. It wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, and I knew it wasn't where God wanted me to be, because I could continuously feel that prodding from the Holy Spirit. I could feel him pulling me back. Mm-hmm. And um, so I know he was there trying to get my attention. And I was just, I was depressed. I, um, I just didn't like myself. And God knew that I would love my, my son enough mm-hmm. to change. So I believe that even now in that, you know, I always say, what if about that too? But I think that's, that was a turning point for me. And that's when I began to come back to the Lord in a real way. Um, and that's, so I, I, we, you know, I went, I accepted Christ again. And 
How old were you at that point? What age were you then? I was 19. 19. So you're still very young, 19. You and you ha- and had you already had your son when you accepted Christ or were you carrying him at the time? I was carrying him. Okay. Yeah. All right. So God is moving in your life even as you carry this new life in your womb. So mm-hmm. All right. So the, what happens from that point? Um so I had him. I was it was the biological person. I don't like giving him any kind of title because he was pretty much a seed. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of the way I feel about it. And um, so it was never really part of his life at all. Didn't know um, emotional or financial Mm -hmm. help. So I went back to work. I I battled with trying whether I should go on welfare. Should I go back to work? And um, I left him with my mom to watch him because I felt like I didn't have any other choice, um, but that was a bad move um, because I came home one day and he was crying in his crib, crying. And my mom had, we have lights because of our hearing loss. Like there's lights that we have. So when the baby's crying, it sets the light off. So we know Mm -hmm. she had taken that out of the wall. So she wasn't hearing him. And I just, at that point, I knew I'm like, I need to do something different. And I was crying out to God about that. And one night I came home and there was a big blow up at the house. And I said, I got to do something else. I got to go. So um, I had befriended uh, a girl who's now my sister-in-law. Her dad was the pastor of the church that I grew up in. Oh, wow. And um, we had connected because she was in the same place that I was in, except she had gotten married. And so she was living with her parents and she she asked them if I could move in for a while. Mm-hmm. So I left here and moved in with them. And um, it's their son that I married. So God kind of wow. used the time there to mm-hmm. get me um, stabilized a little bit, would you say? I got back in church. She helped me get back to church. And um, I had been friends with their son, but we had met at some youth retreat, but he had come home from the military. He had been in the military and we reconnected and we ended up getting married when Kyle was two and a half years old. So, and then he adopted Kyle and God's just continually redeemed since then. That is so. wonderful. That's beautiful how God brought you together. And now you're celebrating 25 years yeah. together. Oh, that, that's beautiful. So across those 25 years, there's probably been a lot of growth, development, and other things that's happened in this journey. Any highlights or even any wilderness struggle experiences you'd like to share during that time? Yeah, you know, because I brought in a lot of stuff. We bring in our baggage to our marriages, and um, it's been a continual working out of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really struggled because there was a lot of aspects uh, where I was my, in my personality where I could be like my mom. But I didn't realize that until, um, you know, till we were married. Right. There's things right. come out that aren't, aren't there, you know, and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. As as Gary Thomas says, that uh, marriage is not about making us happy. It's about making us holy because it brings to the surface 
things that God wants to deal with in our life, like no other relationship does. And it's so true. And that's really what happened. It kind of really brought a lot of things to the surface for me. But I, you know, the lie was that it was more painful to work through it than it was to stay in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that I had a hard time coming to terms with some of those things. And my husband was very pivotal in that. And um, so I am blessed um, that he was that. There's been a lot of iron sharpening iron in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so that was one thing, but it was, that was like a breakthrough moment for me because once I was able to say, yes, this is what's happening. It freed and and Mm -hmm. confessed that it brought a freedom of another level. That's and then right. he, he continues to, you know, he's worked through a lot of the layers. He's still working through like right now is the people pleasing, you know, the roots. Mm-hmm. Um, he's continually working on going deeper and deeper and, and healing and restoring and um, learned a lot of things through motherhood too. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things that I'm writing about now, you know, I came out of that legalistic environment. So I was constantly trying to break through um, the misconceptions and the lies and the um, understanding God's word for what it is and to learn about who he is instead of what I've been told. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I'm still doing that. I love the way he's just continually opening my eyes to his word and what he's saying in there. And, um, He's doing a lot of that now. It's like every time he brings me to another, through another layer, mm-hmm. he, um, my eyes are opened even more to his truth. And it's just this continual growing pattern. And mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that he keeps going with me. Amen. <laughs> and he does. And, and you're right. He just keeps on layer by layer, taking us on that journey of, of making us more and more into the person he designed us to be from the very beginning. And that this work of, of, of sanctifying us and making us like himself, and it, 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 it's not a, as I tell people, it's not a microwave, it's a crockpot experience. <laughs> yeah, we all would love to have the microwave, right? But instead, it's a slow cooker. But that's that's the way it's meant to be. And and like you said, he gave you a mate, and that iron sharpens iron. And he's part of that that ongoing process. And I'm sure there are others now in your life that God uses as well. And you now, in turn, are ministering to others. So anything very special going on today in Desiree's life that you'd like to share with my listeners? Besides the writing of this book that's in progress. Um, well, my husband and I are um, leaders in the church. We've been leading our deacon staff, and deacons are a little different in our church. Where we're there to to reach out to the people, to keep things connected from the elders to the body, so that no one's really going through the cracks. So it's a very relational position. So. God really has us in a place of ministry in the body. Um, it's a very relational ministry for me. He's brought a lot of young women into my life and, and, and even women in general. Um, it's been a blessing to be a part of their lives, to be able to listen in, to be able to share what God has done and to watch them grow. 
um, in their transitions, in their walk with Jesus. It's just beautiful to watch people and help them be unstuck. I Someone actually told me that the other day that they feel like part of my ministry is to help women be unstuck. And That's I do great. it in my writing and I do it in, in ministry face-to-face. And um, I'm, I just feel blessed because if, if I hadn't been able or willing to do the work, you know, to be obedient is part of, of all of this. Yes, and yes. I'm so thankful that he gave me what I needed to do that so that I can be here to see the fruit of what he's done. Amen. And that's beautiful that God is taking all of that. That, As, as Joseph said, you meant this for evil, but God meant this for good that as you look back now, you can say, as painful as all that was, yet that is part of my ministry today. That's part of what enables me to be able to reach people that maybe other people could never identify with or reach. Mm -hmm. I told you I was going to ask you this question as we come close to the end of the podcast, and that was, we're sitting in the cafe, we're sitting in the coffee shop, uh, a little jazz music maybe in the background, a good steaming cup of coffee, and you're sitting there with one of these people who who are stuck. And they tell you, Desiree, I feel like I'm stuck in life. I, I, you know, what do I do? Where do I start? H- how do I begin to get out of the mess I'm in? Or how do I get off the treadmill to where I'm really in a meaningful journey with God again, what would just be a couple of things you might just initially say to somebody who feels like they're stuck? Um, well, and, it's, and I'm a simple girl, so I kind of keep it simple, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very profound. I will tell them, I make sure they know that I love them mm-hmm. and that God loves them because yes. that's, that's a foundational thing for me because it wasn't until I understood God's love for me that things could really break through. Mm-hmm. So I, I let them know that they're loved. Um, I validate their feelings. Mm-hmm. I meet them where they are. And um, and then I let them know that they're not alone, that God's with them, and, and I commit to walking with them So and, and being there for them. That's and great. usually that's, that's what starts the process. When they understand their love, and they're not alone, mm-hmm. and they're in it with somebody. That makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Which goes all the way back to you sharing earlier what would have made the difference in your life. Mm-hmm. Now you see that as what will help make the difference in their life. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we ought to just encourage our listeners today, too, that they can do what you're doing, and that is look for people around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't have to be behind a pulpit or singing a special to have a life-changing ministry. Man, if you right. just come alongside somebody, you can make a difference in somebody's life. Isn't that right? Amen. Yes. And just it only has to be one person. That's if we right. all just walked with one person, we can change the world. Amen. You know? That's beautiful. <laughs> well, Desiree, great. And, and we want to get you back on again sometime because... Um, there's more issues, more topics I'd like to discuss with you, but thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on today. If anybody wants to connect with you, what would be a good way for them to connect with you if they want to, if they would want to get some information from you or go to your website or read your blogs, share, share some of your social media information with us. Um, well, 
I, I especially want people to be able to go to the website, uh, which is www.arenewedcreation.com. Um, you can subscribe to the blog there. You can um, private message me there. Um, but I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn right now. Um, so those are other areas. Okay. And, and my my name would be at Des Renewed on those. Okay. Great then. All right. Well, thank you for that. Appreciate it very much, Desiree. And friends, thank you today for listening to Hope Along the Journey. We are always delighted to have you on the podcast. Would you drop us a note? Would you send us an email? Or would you just put a comment, especially those of you that are listening and have the ability to maybe give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or something? But we'd love to hear from you. I want to remind you once again, as your host, that Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. If you will look to Jesus, he will help you find hope along your journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about hope along the journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more hope along the journey.